For a student to become a first-generation college graduate, it truly takes a village, and in many cases, it takes that village looking at the education process through a different lens. Dr. Patrick Byrne, President and CEO of the Challenge Foundation, will tell us how his organization serves as a catalyst for making college dreams come true for dedicated students by bringing together mentorship, financial support, academic partnerships, and more on this episode of Making Our World Better. Welcome to the Making Our World Better podcast, where you will find motivation and encouragement through lively conversations with inspirational people who every day are making our world a better place. Now, here's your host, Jay Clark. Welcome to the podcast. I am Jay Clark, and I'm excited to have a conversation with Dr. Patrick Byrne, Chief Executive Officer of the Challenge Foundation, an organization dedicated to breaking the cycle of poverty through educational opportunities. Patrick has spent more than 25 years advocating for under-resourced youth to optimize their educational opportunities and career potential. Most recently, Patrick served as the CEO of another awesome organization, Denver Kids. After founding Denver Urban Scholars in 1999, Patrick led that organization's merger with Denver Kids in 2019. He developed the mentoring, volunteer, and academic support programs, as well as led fundraising efforts and volunteer engagement strategies to impact several thousand young students in the Denver metro area. Patrick earned a BA in speech communications from Gonzaga University, go Bulldogs, and a master's <laughs> degree in nonprofit management from Regis University. Later, he completed his master's in social work at the University of Denver in 2006. And in 2012, he earned his PhD in leadership studies from Gonzaga. Way to make me feel like the biggest slacker ever. He served as an adjunct professor at the University of Denver and Regis University and was the recipient of the Mile High Speaker of the Year in 2017, awesome, and the Regis University Civis Pinceps Award in 2019. Patrick, welcome and thanks so much for joining me today. Great to be here, Jay. And absolutely, go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Go Bulldogs. We won't talk about the last game, but they had another great season. That was painful. That was painful. These were winning it all. Take a second and just introduce us to the Challenge Foundation. Sure. Um, so I've known the founder of the Challenge Foundation for years, uh, Don McFall, who started the program in, about 25 years ago. Actually, on June 13th, we're celebrating our 25th oh. anniversary fundraising breakfast at St. Oh, Mary's Academy, which would be awesome. But Don really has been and is a mentor to me. He's someone that has lived his life um, through serving others. He does a ton of work, not only in youth development, but uh, in homelessness as well. And, you know, I, I've i always been impressed with uh, his vision. And when Don and I met and he was looking at some succession planning, looking at ways to take challenge to the next level in terms of impact of uh, programming and potential scale. It was really just such a unique opportunity. Uh-huh. And Challenge Foundation provides programming in Denver, Phoenix, and El Paso. Awesome. We're primarily within independent private schools, working with under-resourced youth and families, really beginning in middle school and working with young people through college graduation. Graduation. And what really wow. impressed me is 100% high school graduation rate, and a 90% four-year college completion rate, which is really cool. And wraparound services, advising, mentoring, summer programming over many years. That's one of the great things I love 
you know, doing a little bit of research is learning that there's a lot more to this than just meets the eye. And it goes way beyond just scholarships. So talk a little bit about the way you walk with the, the students beyond just the academic field with these wraparound service counseling, case management. Absolutely. Well, you know, and I'll tell it a little bit through a recent experience I I had, and I'm new to the organization, but I'm really getting a sense of just the deep relationships that Challenge creates with young people. Actually, I have an office space at St. Mary's Academy in Inglewood, mm-hmm. and a young lady came into the office and was just huge smile on her face and was so excited because she basically got full funding to University of Southern California. And wow. It was really cool. And while I was there, she and our site director, executive director of the Denver programming, Holly Dichter, uh, together hit the enter button on the computer, like big uh. eyes and celebration. But what I heard from Holly is this is a young person and this is the, what we provide for so many young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, started working with a student like this in sixth grade connection to a mentor, a mentor that has been connected to the student until she graduates from high school. And advising gets into everything from career planning to support of the family, academic support. We have tutors that we contract with to provide academic support tutoring as well. And then, you know, as kids uh, get closer to college, it's FAFSA support. It's college visits. Uh, It's working with the mentor to develop a plan for the young person and real understanding of what their passions are, career interests are. And then every summer, there's a summer program that includes academic programming, enrichment programming. And this is happening in Denver, in Phoenix, and also in El Paso, Texas. Awesome. Well, the the cool thing about this to me is, is you're changing the trajectory, not just of this student, but but their entire families, because I assume a lot of the the people and and the students that you work with are first generation college students. Absolutely. Almost all, all are. And many are also first generation high school graduates as well. And a lot of this is really rooted in enrolling the right students and building deep relationships with the young person, as well as the family. Something that has been really inspiring to me is seeing up close the relationships that are built with parents, grandparents, siblings, and the idea of the support of the family is just about as important as the support of the young person to help them reach their dreams and overcome obstacles and to be able to complete college. What we hear in Colorado is really we're seeing first generation rates really in the teens between 12 and 15 percent. And I think this kind of relationship with a family is why we're seeing 90 percent graduation rates with our youth. Well, and I would think, you know, there's it's such a huge transition you know, a like you said, just getting through high school. But then, when you make that next ginormous step to get to college, there's so much stuff that if you don't have somebody propping you up and walking with you, that, that it's it's hard to fall off that track. I think it's absolutely true, and something again that I've been so impressed with are those relationships, and including uh, even college visits as funny, go Bulldogs. As we speak, we have staff that have gone on college visits to 
uh, Gonzaga into the Northwest. And the students that are in college right now receive, receive services and support. Oh, so awesome. An average of about a $5,000 scholarship. And, you know, every year seeing the college graduates uh, meeting them or being a part of hearing their stories is so inspiring. One of our goals is to engage them as mentors and to connect them to the organization. In fact, one of our board members, Latrice, one of our first graduates, is going to be the MC at the event on June 13th. Oh, and really getting to awesome. know her and learning about her experiences. It's pretty wonderful. And now, gosh, she's a board member of my boss, which How is about that? very, very cool. That is mission accomplished right there. So <laughs> Kind of walk us through. I I love how you you go on this whole journey. So walk us through how a student becomes a scholar, and then kind of this all the steps along the way to getting him through college. Yeah. And again, it's new to me, so um, I'm going to give it my best college try. Sure. What I've learned is first there is a selection process, uh, really that begins in fourth grade to ensure fourth grade. that. Wow. Yeah, that there's need um, that students really understand what they're signing up for in terms of the support and the program and the schools. We're working closely with a number of uh, public middle schools, also feeder schools within the Denver metro area to identify kids. We connect them to a summer program as a part of this process. And through the summer program, these kids get enrichment, academic support. We narrow to selecting a handful of kids and it'll be each year at our partner schools, independent schools throughout uh, Phoenix and Denver. We work with one school in El Paso called Loretto um, mm -hmm. and working with schools like uh, St. Mary's Academy, Kent, uh, Grayland, um, Colorado Academy. Um, and these are schools where we will begin the work in middle school and work with them until they graduate from high school. So First awesome. year is connection to a mentor. A hundred percent of our young people are connected with a mentor wow. and support and building a relationship. We have advisors embedded in the schools. So working with the mentors, the family, wow. school staff, school, social workers, and then each summer, there is summer programming at St. Mary's Academy, um, everything from uh, swimming to camping to fly fishing. I'm excited to experience it for the first time this summer and then work in reading and mathematics. And this relationship continues throughout the course of middle school and high school. It's really neat. Awesome. About two months a part of a graduation reception. We're celebrating new students in the program. And then again, this support will last all the way through college. We do college visits, so awesome. ensure uh, there's minimal debt, provide an average of $5,000 in a scholarship. And then what is pretty amazing is celebrating their completion of college. No kidding. Well, the, the numbers bear out. Obviously, if you're at 100% high school, 90% college, the numbers bear out that this level of support works. And, and these schools that you're working with, they obviously would not continue working with you if there weren't, if there weren't these type of results. So what does it take to build and maintain these partnerships with these, you know, I would call them top tier schools that you're working with. 
Yeah, you know, I think it starts, and even as we think about any kind of expansion, it starts with a really deep relationship with the school and with the program. There's total yeah. buy-in from leadership. There's a commitment to serving these young people. Um, these schools set aside a couple slots every year for our young people because we are recruiting under-resourced youth that may yeah. have heard of some of these schools. And they give us just tremendous access, tremendous access to the classroom, you know, in some of the school's office space. And even a number of the school staff serve on a program committee that reports to our board. They really are invested in supporting our program design. And simply what we're really looking at is how do we support more students within these schools? And I love it. I love the the buy-in um, that you mentioned from these schools because without that, it it absolutely doesn't work. So hats off to them for you know being great partners. But you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, um, and the Challenge Foundation started, like you said, in, in the early two thousands. How has it grown to now be having programs in three states? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And some yeah. of it is the founder Don McFall. You know, building relationships in Phoenix, he spends quite a bit of time in Phoenix. El Paso was connected to St. Mary's Academy and a Loretto school and outreach locally and also in other states in regards to the need for these kind of programs Mm -hmm. and the impact. So we're moving through strategic planning. We're looking at how do we build and strengthen the program that we have right now that is already very solid. How do we look over time at the needs in the community and growth and the potential down the road of exploring um, other communities that we can serve? Uh, So it's really fun. And I feel very, very, very fortunate to do this kind of work. Well, it's got to be super cool to see the alumni come back and and very powerful. So, you know, talk a little bit about how they can have an impact on current kids in the programs and and how you can kind of hold them up as examples, you know, to create this almost flywheel effect. Yeah, it's a great question. And as long as I've done this work, I think it is just so very powerful to have graduates and their families connected to our students. In fact, I was a part of an enrollment meeting recently where a graduate talked about her experiences and graduating from college, but also shared it was hard. You know, the the homework was tough and, you know, being the first in her family to go to college and some of the fear, but also the resilience. I think it's absolutely the program and the partnership with these schools, but extraordinary youth and from engaging at a board level, volunteering voices to our youth. My hope is we can do more of that and create more and more of a community of our graduates. Well, and that has to be part of the rewarding piece of that is to see these kids that are just, that can really grab a hold of this opportunity and make the most of it. It's probably one of the coolest experiences in doing this work over many years for me. And it's these young people that set the path for their family and communities and siblings. And I believe in youth development. We're a part of something bigger of how do we create pathways for young people, whether it's in private schools, DPS, charter schools to be successful. And these young people, I think, are just key to that success. And for us, finding ways to engage at a board level, 
to find ways to connect to our young people and build community as, as a real priority. You've been in this space for a minute now, 25 years, it sounds like. I mean, what what is it about, you know, the education space and providing these opportunities that that has really, you know, created life's work for you? Uh, that's, yeah, it's another great question. One, it is so fun. I feel so fortunate to work in the nonprofit sector because no day is the same. I truly believe that True. education is rooted in inequity. It's very complex. And more and more, yeah. it's education connected to housing and support for families and resources. But I truly believe, and I've seen it time and time again, that education can be the pathway opportunity and doing it all for all of these years and meeting young people and families and school leaders and teachers, our staff and volunteers that are so inspired by this mission. It just keeps me coming back. As you look back into where you are now, you know, what have been some of the leadership principles that you've really leaned on throughout your career? Yeah. You know, I um, I really believe in a lot of the Jesuit values around living a life of service. I think part of the reason, you know, I'm such a Gonzaga fan is those principles are connected to my wow. own approach to leadership. I focus my dissertation at Gonzaga on servant leadership and the idea of leading from the place of the other, leading from the other meaning what others need and and coming from the place from staff and young people in the community. Um, you know, how do you provide the support and resources both at the micro level with young people and families, but also at the macro level, yeah. looking at ways to change systems where when I talk about you know, graduation rates in the teens in Denver, that this is a systemic problem that Ugh. we have to look at where that's unacceptable. Right. And we've got to look at service through the lens of not only the work with individuals, but transforming uh, systems. Totally, because that's going to have a greater economic impact on everybody. Um, it's To me, I agree with the education is kind of where it all starts. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I also what's exciting is I think that also education, we're looking at it's not the only sort of part of the solution. It's intersected with community, community resources, right. affordable housing, healthcare. Right. All of that relates to the well-being of young people and the success of yeah. youth and families. Well, and that's one thing that, you know, I really love about what you guys do is you're you're almost addressing all of that. It's like, yeah, we're helping you with the education piece, but we're providing these supports in all these other areas, too, which Absolutely. is awesome. Um, this is kind of a two-parter. What, what really kind of excites you about the future of Challenge Foundation and, and what's an audacious goal that you have moving forward? Yeah. You know what? excites me about challenge is building off what is already great um, that the staff that the founder has developed um, and we're building some of almost what I'd say the nonprofit business structure around yeah. a model that already is really strong and that is building a 
governance board with representation of all three sites. We've had that up and running for about three months, a more diverse approach to um, fundraising, a real focus on data and evaluation. Already, we have a best-in-class program, but I want to get better. And I also want to think about ways to provide opportunities to more students. When I hear from schools that they're hungry for these kind of programs, they want to support these more, these kind of opportunities. I want to find the balance between maintaining quality and impact and then serving more students. And, you know, the big audacious goal I think those are fun conversations with our board and our community. I think it's rooted in all that I've mentioned and beginning to think about scale. And maybe over time, you know, there was a board member who said to me, God, my dream is a challenge. He has a lot of connections in Los Angeles. And he was sharing, I'm not sure that's ever possible. And I responded, I just don't know. This may be down the road. We've got to get really clear on the approach of scale and how we do that and the necessary resource and funds. But I also think we have a obligation in mission driven work to sometimes think big and dream. And that can be too. I I agree completely. And, you know, the other big positive is you kind of have a proof of concept, right? So, um, you know, there's always dangers in scale, but when you know what you do works, um, that that can lead to ex- exciting future. So uh, would love to change gears just a little bit as, as we wind down. I'd love to know if there's something you will read, listen to, or watch today. Read, listen. Oh, that's a really interesting question. So read, <laughs> I think it's my uh, inherent ADD. I always read two books. I am reading a book called New York that's historical fiction about the history of New York by Edward Rutherford. And then uh, my dad always got me in a World War II fiction. So I can't call it World War II historical fiction is called Jack Dawes. It's really good. And that's a great one about the, the female. Yes. Yes. <laughs> great I one. Love, great I book. Love I love that one. It. Yep. Watch. I love uh, sports. So Baseball is a little rough, but I might tune into a little baseball. But I'm really excited that the Avs and the Nuggets are making a solid run. Um, and what? So read, watch. Is there one more? That was endless or listen to. Yeah. And you know what? I really do like podcasts. In fact, uh, I'm listening to a podcast about the show Chernobyl. Mm. It was on HBO and really the yeah. and I love history and the history of Chernobyl. And I do also, the reading is, it really, the nonprofit sector about, I love reading also about policy intersection of nonprofit government and the corporate sector, um, and really learning how we can work together around, in in this case, serving young people. Because if you're like me, I, I truly believe it's the nonprofit sector and entrepreneurial people like your founder and yourself. And that's where the change is going to come from for some of these big systemic issues that we're facing. It's going to be people rising up to say, hey, we can we can do this and we can make a change here. Well, that's so well said. And really, it did start with it's Don and Janice McFall, Don McFall, that had some success in real estate and really felt like we could do better in terms of serving youth. And really, that vision created community, donors, mentors, graduates, 
And it really was a spirit of entrepreneurialism that was so inspiring for me and got me into this place today, 25 years later. That's awesome. Well, this was this will be kind of a tough one, but is there a role model or two that you could point to that's uh, over your career that's really made a difference for you? Yeah, there are. Uh, you know, one, I think of Father Tony Lehman at Gonzaga. He, he died about 15 years ago, hmm. and there were about 2,000 people at his funeral. Wow. And he, I remember when I was at Gonzaga that talked about the kind of life you wanted to live rooted in service. So Father Tony Lehman, always I... I think about him and then it really is my parents, um, my mom and dad and some of those same themes around service. I saw them last night. They've always been sort of my rock and they have been, you know, the, the, when I made the decision to start in the nonprofit sector and work with young people, they were there a hundred percent and I awesome. couldn't do it without them. My family as well. That's fantastic. Pretty amazing. So outside of the Challenge Foundation, is there an organization you really admire or organizations or ones that you'd love to give a shout out for the work they're doing? Absolutely. Well, you know, I worked with for years uh, uh, for organizations that ultimately merged into Denver Kids. Mm -hmm. I think Denver T Kids does some tremendous work in Denver public schools and really some unique work in social emotional learning. I think there's organizations like the Yes Institute that do peer to peer mentoring and again, social emotional learning, really tremendous work in uh, research. I've always been a fan of Colorado. I have a dream foundation yeah. that's providing a great deal of mental health support. Mm -hmm young people and just really interesting models of philanthropy like Denver Children's Foundation that used to be Denver Active 2030. Right. Young people that come together and gosh, I think they raise more than a million bucks for youth charities and really care about this work. So that's just a couple. The last one, if, if anybody listening wants to learn more about the Challenge Foundation, how they can support your work, learn more about the organization, where should they go? So website's great, www.thechallengefoundation.org. I can be reached by email at patrick at thechallengefoundation.org. And we're always looking for volunteers, uh, mentors, donors. We have the breakfast on June 13th at 7.30 a.m. at St. Mary's. And reach out anytime if you have questions or want to learn more. Well, and I would guess that like a lot of nonprofits, if you volunteer to be a mentor, the life you change will probably be your own, right? Absolutely. We hear it over and over again. Yeah. It absolutely impacts young people, but I think also the adult's life is changed as well. Well, Patrick, good luck. Keep up the great work. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the organization. We'll be rooting for you. I wish you the best. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate the time and go Zags. Go Zags. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This podcast is sponsored by JC Charity Services. If you're interested in how I might be able to bolster your efforts and help your team find more joy at work, I'd love to have a conversation with you. You can find me at makingourworldbetter.com. To learn more about the Challenge Foundation, visit them online at thechallengefoundation.org. Check the show notes for links. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd be grateful if you'd share it with a friend, give it a thumbs up or leave a review. Until next time, I hope you're inspired to find a way to make our world better.